I am not bound to win, but I'm bound to be true. I'm not bound to succeed, but I'm bound to live up to what light I have. Abraham Lincoln. Strikers, how do we become a vessel of honor? Let's find out how next on The Mighty Anvil. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution, and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. Amen. Got the brushing today. Yes. So, brushing. Rock Creek has a cornhole tournament coming up on June the 26th at 6 p.m. The link to sign up will be in the show notes. Proceeds will go to their mission in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, and that's next weekend when this this podcast is posted. It'll be next weekend. So, hopefully y'all signed up and uh, or just go out there and... uh, and, uh, Give. Show your support. Yeah. yeah. Give yeah. a little bit. You know, help uh, help us reach some people in the Dominican Republic. Well, guys, uh, you've heard him before, that uh, smooth voice of his. He's no, been yeah, here before. Right here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about us, Alan. It's not about us. Yeah. Um, got some feedback on, hey, we look forward to hearing this guy again one day. And, uh, well, your wish has come true, Strikers. Welcome to the show, Scott Amarderis. Hey, good morning, guys. Thank good you. morning. Thank you for having me here. It's uh, uh, well, it's just it's just a pleasure to be hanging out with you and be able to share. And, uh, and you, you make it you make it so easy, you make it so comfortable. I just appreciate y'all. Oh, well, we try. We work on that. We used to be sitting at a table uh, when we first started being when we first started being here. Uh, that just doesn't sound right. But Adventure X, uh, and it wasn't mm-hmm. as comfortable. I mean, it got the job done, but uh, we we got the couches going on now. Yeah. Got some. Nice Get to relax a little bit. Yeah, sit back, chill. Netflix? No, not really. <laughs> That's the best. That's the, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Scott, um, you know, you've been on the show before, and we talked about your core values. Uh, so we're switching it up a little bit. And uh, the first question is, when did you know? And I'm going to finish that statement is, when did you know you were going to be all in for Jesus? When did I know I was going to be all in for Jesus? Um, it came in the early nineties, uh, for me and, uh, uh, very, very brief, although there's a lot more to it, but very, very brief backstory. Uh, I will have my 25th wedding anniversary in a couple of months and, uh, my wife, Gwen, absolutely love her with two beautiful children. Um, when I first met Gwen, um, wasn't in church and come from a background where mom did the praying, dad earned the money, and that was the, the division of labor in the house. Hmm. Uh, church was, for us, uh, a couple of times a year, uh, unless there was something major going on, then, well, we gotta go, right? We've gotta go to the house and we gotta pray. Uh, and that was the household. So uh, when Gwen, when I, asked, when I first asked her out, uh, she said, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of busy this evening, so I'm, of course, I'm pretty tenacious. And I said, well, you know, what have you got going on? Maybe I can tag along. And that what was going on was a midweek service oh. at her church. And uh, growing up Methodist, um, uh, I grew up Methodist. Uh, it was at a non-denominational church, Church on the Rock uh, in Carrollton. And this is, again, in the early 90s. And uh, so she invited me there. I would have gone anywhere. Uh, but she happened to invite me on a Wednesday night to a service. Um, we started dating. I started changing. And it was really probably about three months, four months after we really started dating and uh, spending time together that all of a sudden church became a real part of my life. And, uh, and I really, I can genuinely say uh, I experienced God for the very first time. Uh, in, in, in a service on a Sunday morning, and it was through praise and worship. 
never understood praise and worship and always thought it was just singing. It was kind of the warm-up for the offering, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets excited, and they get you tuned up, and then here comes the offering. That was my filter that the world had on me uh, now that I know looking back. Uh, but it was during a time of praise and worship, and I really truly can say in my own way, I felt, literally felt the presence of God and uh, felt this peace and this knowing and this confidence come over me. And not a confidence that I can do anything, but a confidence of there's really somebody watching out for me. Nice. There really is somebody who cares more for me than I could ever care or that I could understand that they care. And uh, that's, when I first, that's when I first really, really knew. And it was Gwen who helped that, helped that to occur and created the atmosphere for me, but uh, uh, it was me participating. And, and really, and since that time, worship has been incredibly important uh, and, and part of what we just, part of a, a daily life. And, and that's, when I, that's when I first knew. So, it, uh, so um, where's Church on the Rock? Um, there are a number of Church on the Rocks. This, hap- this, one, this one happened to be uh, in Carrollton, uh, which was the actual the headquarters. For Church on the Rock International. Okay, and uh, the address. I'm mean, kind of cross street. Uh, uh, basically, Beltline Road and 35. Okay. Yeah, Beltline and 35, kind of right there by Old Downtown Carrollton, and uh, uh, very traditional, non-denominational for that time, uh, which was big warehouse mm-hmm. that now had been converted over with some offices and big, big sanctuary. Yeah, I think I know where it is. Yeah. It's kind of almost. Coppell kind of. Uh, matter of fact, on the edge of Coppell, kind of in that little gerrymandered area yep. of Carrollton, to go out and grab that little piece of ground there. And uh, now 161 goes right past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Highway 161 goes right past it when it goes over Beltline Road. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah, Church on the Rock. And Where'd now, you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Irving. Okay. Yeah, behind the airport in Irving, Texas. Yeah. Right on. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you say that. Uh, my, my grandfather and grandmother and their daughters, my mom, had a house on the property of DFW. Mm-hmm. And then when the airport was uh, was uh, being built, they were asked to, hey, can you kind of move <laughs> move away? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we bought your land. Yeah. I know you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I, love, yeah. I love that. Yeah, but we bought your land and here's a check. Yeah, yeah. I've always uh, been proud of my grandfather. He built uh, both of his houses uh, by hand. Uh-huh. Just him, and uh, wow. built some barns in the back, and uh, his actual the last house that they well, second to the last house that they had uh, is on. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but I, you know it's just one of those things that uh, uh, very proud of that sure. man. And uh, so yeah, Southwest uh, Southwest Boulevard or something like that. But yeah, um, miss him, miss him a lot. One thing, one of my biggest regrets is he made some amazing barbecue. And mm. I did not learn how to smoke brisket, Scott, until I was like thirty something. And the, okay. the it just it was beautiful. The the red line in the middle. Oh know, yeah, it just it was so good. I wish I uh, wish I could go back. You know, one of the questions that came up to me this week was ah, if you could have if this at this park park bench if there was anybody you could talk to, who would it be? And my answer was Prince. Sorry. But now I'm like thinking, yeah, it'd be my grandfather to teach me how to smoke some brisket. Mm. Yeah. Scott, real quick, you mentioned that your 25th wedding anniversary was coming up. Uh-huh. So I like to ask, so my wife and I have been married um, barely over a year. But I like to ask uh, couples that have been married longer than, that, longer than us, what's the secret? How do you make a, a, a lasting marriage? Um, to always... And I could, right off the, not off the top of my head, this is genuine of what we exercise every day, is uh, understanding and always being in a posture of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, what that, what that does is that allows me to really hear what Gwen is saying or try to understand what she's feeling or what she's trying to express. Uh, and uh, so always being in that posture of forgiveness by getting myself out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. Because... I can't ask her for me to have forgiveness for her. I have to put myself in that posture. Yeah. And, and when I do that, I'm able to go ahead and really hear. Because uh, early on in our, in our 
in our marriage or early on in our relationship, um, um, I was better at word crafting than she would be. So she started this practice of, okay, just hear me out. And I might kind of stumble here, but just hear me out on what I'm going to share, what I'm going to try to get across. And uh, that's really where it all started. Because, you know, there were times that uh, I, I could find myself, you know, being prepared to kind of talk circles around so that I could go ahead and get my opinion baked into it or I could get my direction or my want and uh, taking myself out of that hmm. and, and really focusing on what it is that she's trying to say. Uh, why that works for us is because I genuinely know she wants the best for me and she wants the best for her family. So uh, I've got to get out of my, my own thought process so I can hear hers and, and, and then I process it. And, and that, that works out. Ha- having, that kind of a, having that kind of a posture and having that kind of a relationship uh, transcends any challenges that we've come across. And we've come across a number of them, yeah. you know, uh, uh, as we both have grown because of our backgrounds. And, and now that we, and we know we're going to talk about freedom, but now that we've both gone through freedom multiple times, mm-hmm. uh, we see that we were on the right path and doing the right thing and not knowing it. And that's God's goodness, and that's his grace. Yes. It really is. Amen. All right. So, uh, Strikers, we are here with Scott Armadares today. Uh, my tongue tied, got tied there. But, yeah, we're with Scott today to talk about uh, the class of freedom or what was Jennifer calling it? Um, it's a transformation. It's not really a Bible study. It's not a book study. It really is just a transformation. A life-altering a, transformation. There you go. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that young memory right there. Well, You're welcome. <laughs> but that unclouded memory. It's sometimes it's very clouded. Yeah. Oh, when you take a look at it as a as a life changing transformation, um, uh, it's more than just a study, mm-hmm. right? It's, it, mm-hmm. it is it is uh, and and what freedom is for for me, it is an operating system. If you'd allow me to put it that way, it's now how I boot up because it's something now I know and I've baked into who I am. And, um, and, and it's something you have to seek after, for me, it's something I have to seek after every day Be, because I'm not, none of us are in this bubble, right? And the enemy wants to use every means possible to trip us up. And it's not, oh, the ultimate, the ultimate goal is to uh, take us away from God and... Uh, and whether that is because we're apathetic <laughs> or whether that's because we have gone so far down a road of sin that now society comes in through the you know, judicial system. But whatever that is, the enemy just wants to get our head turned. And um, uh, because we're all in the world um, and influenced by it because there's no other way to change it other than mm-hmm. get in it, that uh, uh, you've got to each and every day really seek out that freedom and remember that you have the authority and the power to regain it and to maintain it and to keep it. Um, uh, but you've got you've to be an active participant in that. Absolutely. And, and it's the enemy who's hoping that you'll just not do it today, that you'll just take today off. You, you said something in there that reminded me that it's uh, not always in your face of the things that you have to... Uh to be conscious of he wants those little bitty tweaks here and there to kind of mm-hmm. um uh there is and and uh the subtlety and the patience if i can put it that way and the um and the time that the enemy is willing to put in and commit no matter how minute the adjustment is they're looking for the compound Right, mm-hmm. w- the enemy is willing to drop in a penny, knowing that it'll be millions, even if it takes millions of years. Yep. Right. They're willing to yeah. do that. They're not looking for the immediate result and go, "Oh no, it's not working here. Let me go to the next one." Right. It, it's not that. Uh, there is just this slow drip that all of a sudden, over time, just becomes part of who we are. And we don't realize that we're there. And it's even more so than the analogy of the frog that's in the water. And then all of a sudden you start to turn the temperature of the water up, right? And then ultimately the story is, you know, the analogy is it harms the frog. And the frog had no idea. 
It's even slower than that, mm. you know, uh, and it's even more subtle than that. That's an analogy that we can kind of understand and we can see and we can imagine, right? But it is so subtle and it comes in in so many different ways, you know, and then it gets convoluted and twisted and turned because, oh, well, that's society, uh, or that's just the way it is, or that's the town we live in, or you're Texan, or you're tall, or you're female, or and all of a sudden all this other stuff comes in, and pretty soon we go, oh, you know, it's just a serpent, and it's just an apple, and before you know it, all of a sudden you go down this path, and you don't realize it until a moment of clarity comes, and you look back and you go, whoa, how, how did I... How did I get here? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and then that's the point of going, well, do I continue to justify? Or do I look around and go, well, everybody else is here, so it must not be bad. Yeah. Boy, that's a, that's a, that is a rabbit hole right there on society and uh-huh. how it's just kind of, you know, it really is kind of just, he keeps Everybody's getting, doing it. Yeah. That's, what, that's the main, everybody's doing it. And then you, yeah. you're like, oh, well, if everybody's doing it, it can't be that bad. Well, and, and, and everybody's, everybody's wearing, uh, you know, a pair of uh, chucks or everybody's driving that car or everybody's going to the. Must be a good car. Yeah. Hey, everybody's going to the service. Mm-hmm. Right. That is a trigger for some because you say, hey, everybody's going to the service tonight. Come along with me. Oh, now hold on a second. I want to be with you, but I don't want to be there. So now there's going to be justification. Let me lie a little bit. Well, okay, so you're going there. I'm not going to go. Well, I lied to you. i got to go ahead and gloss that over with something. Let me go hang out with somebody else who will help me to, rem- to forget that I lied to you or that I, I disappointed you or that I, you know, I know you're going to continue to ask, right? And it's just these subtle things that all of a sudden start to erode us. And um, that's what we've got to be diligent and vigilant to, to watch and to be aware of. So how did you first hear about freedom? Um, for our church, Elevate Life, um, uh, there was a group that uh, our, our friends, uh, Jennifer and James Honeycutt, uh, were part of um, that went to Church of the Highlands, uh, where Pastor Chris Hodges has got this curriculum. And um, they had heard about it. They went to experience it. They came back and wanted to plant that here. When they came back and wanted to and planted it here, there was this um, soft launch to say, "Hey, how's how's it going to work? How's it going? How's the flow going to work? And is this really a curriculum that will be impactful?" And I had the privilege of being part of that soft launching in one of the very first groups that uh, of, of, of men. Uh, there were a number of groups that took place uh, at that time, but um, that was two and a half years ago, uh, almost three years ago. And um, uh, I've been part of every freedom study since then. And that has not been for any other reason other than very selfish reasons. It was so impactful for the very first freedom that I went through. Mm-hmm. And I saw so much and realized so much about me that uh, I, I, I had to change. I needed to change. Uh, and uh, that's what's kept me involved in, in each one. And, and it has not been something that once you know the curriculum, it's easy. You know, it's, it just becomes routine. There's something that's unique and different every single time. So what were you expecting the first time you went? Um, what were you expecting to get out of it? Um, one, a friend asked me to be part of it. So I was going to absolutely be part of that because uh, he was passionate about it, still is uh, passionate about it. So uh, my friend asked me, and, I, and uh, of course I'll be happy to attend the group. Um, my expectation was that is this going to be just a, uh, a Bible study? A chance, you know, something else I'll equip myself with, and it will be good for the time. Um, the other expectation that I had uh, going into it was I have heard and been told that this is very different, so I, I need to try to understand that. I'm curious, what is different about it? And, uh, and then lastly, I would say that the, 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 my expectation uh, when I first went to Freedom, we had just, uh, pers- uh, our family, uh, we had just started uh, to um, uh, open our own business. 
So, uh, so my, my thinking was I need to have some of that structure because I'm probably going to be facing things I've never faced before. And, uh, you know, now in retrospect, looking back, I, I didn't really have any, any idea how much I was going to need those things and how much I was going to need freedom because of the challenges I was going to face. So the, the, how many times have you been through freedom? Because you, you mentioned that you've been... Seven. Seven. And have you uh, just attended or led or co-led as well? Uh, for the first three uh, would have been through an aspect, or the first two would have been through attending. And, uh, and then it moved into a, a support or a co-leader. And it's always been kind of in that co-leader role that I've, I've been in. I've, I've been in the groups. Uh, it's and, and, and that has. I think that's where my greatest strength is that I bring to a group, is um, um, is is to is to pr- uh, participate in the harmony mm-hmm. of the group. You know, the melody is the first chair drives the melody. That's our leader of the group. Uh, I, I think my specialty and my gifting is more in the harmony of saying, hey, listen, we're going that way. Let's everybody come together and go that way as well. And so that's, that's really the role I've been playing uh, in the freedom groups I've been in since probably the third one. What did you feel that God was working on with you uh, this most recent time going through freedom? This most recent time is uh, really dealing with uh, aspects of unworthiness. Uh, and, you know, I can look back and say, was, was, that, a, was that a learned behavior? And it absolutely was uh, through, my, through my parents. Well, where did it come from to get stuck on them? It came from where they grew up, their ethnicity, and uh, a belief system that was plugged into them by their parents who were immigrants. Both my mom and dad are first generation uh, 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 American. And um, so there was this aspect of don't ask too much. Uh, uh, not, not a be happy with what you have, but be content with having little. Not because if you have a little, then you'll be trusted with a lot, but be content with a little because of who we are and plug in anything in, in that you know, mm. blank of the who, uh, 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 ethnicity, uh, gender, part of the country you're from, age, educational background. You can plug anything in there. And, um, uh, but be content with because that's who you are and that's how we should be. And um, th- that's, that's something that has impacted me throughout my life and it really got dealt with this last go around with Frida uh, uh, and, and through this last aspect because of the dynamic of the group yeah. that we had uh, and, and really have been dealing with this unworthiness now, why does that come up now? Because I've had unworthiness before. Um, our business is heading, our family is heading uh, in, a, in, a, in a direction where, um, uh, where we're prospering. So that's the tool, I believe, that the enemy wants to start to jump up and down on and the button they wanna, he wants to push. The enemy wants to push to say, you don't deserve this. You shouldn't have this. Let me help you to self-sabotage yourself like you've done before because of this thought process that isn't true but that you've bought into and, and and if I can really work on you Scott then you'll pass it along to your kids and now we've been successful and I get a whole nother 60 70 years of running with this thing down the branch of your family tree hmm. and um, and we're not going to I'm not going to have that it's just it's just not going to happen what was the process in order to kind of break yourself from that Acknowledging it, really seeing that is a it's a real issue, and uh, in, in, in tangible ways, seeing how um, uh, aspects of my life have kept me from that, and how it's affected others around me, more so than just Gwen and Andrew and Audrey, but how it's affected people who are who I'm in relationship with, in business, in church, uh, in my in, in my extended family. Um, uh, uh, friendships, neighbors, how it's, a, how it's affected them because I haven't brought everything I can bring. And um, 
so that's the that's really the situation you had said something that uh sparked a question but uh let's first go pay some bills and then uh, we'll be right back and i'll i'll ask a question that he just <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> just trying to be clever there all right we'll be right back strikers all right strikers welcome back uh with scott talking about freedom uh the how'd you how'd you put it i keep changing the life-altering process yes life-altering process you had uh, said something a little while back about uh going in and expecting like a book study and then what was gonna be different what did you find different about freedom as opposed to any other uh devotional or book study that you had done um the intimacy that the questions and that the whole process of each gathering meeting, each gathering uh, takes, having uh, a time of worship, closing with time of prayer, um, and the tangible actions that those, um, those are examples of. Um, more so than, okay, what chapter are we in? Who did their homework? Who didn't do their homework? Let's go ahead and just, no matter where the group is, let's start from that particular spot. Uh, with freedom, um, you don't really have an issue with people who haven't really done the work before they come. Uh, in the beginning, it, you know, there's some people, hey, I didn't have a chance to do it. But when, once benefits start bubbling up and all of a sudden some differences are made and then um, because I'm in guys' groups, because the guys start communicating with each other throughout the week, then all of a sudden the participation is higher. And it's that intimacy that's created of all of a sudden get connected to people. You know, um, uh, all of us have, have heard we're in a culture where small groups are important because that's where it really takes place, mm -hmm. right? In small groups. Uh, uh, Jesus did some of his best work in small groups, in house meetings, right? Uh, some of his best miracles were done there. So having that small group and that intimacy freedom creates a great platform for people to start opening up and sharing and it just takes one person to say okay i'll go first uh you know i'm struggling with boom or i have a challenge with boom or i realize this about me and then all of a sudden it's the oh yeah me too well this is something else that got and all of a sudden you have this whole aspect of people sharing and opening themselves up and it's not that that doesn't happen in other studies but in other studies it's well what did that scripture what does that that text what does that uh, uh, content mean to me versus what did it do to me mm. and what am I going to do about that that's where the transformation comes in right not the knowledge and the education that comes along with it, but then you apply that and it becomes transformation, right? The, the, the knowledge and the education is just good to have, but it's just stored data until you act on it, right? And once it becomes executable, then that's where the transformation happens. And that's what freedom does more so than any other Bible study because you're immersed in it in the group, right? You're immersed in it. And uh, it's like having a workout buddy. That's so much easier to go ahead and, uh, and, and to work out when you have, and it's more than the accountability. It's somebody that you're having a shared experience with. Mm. It's not just the one who says, hey, I'm here, are you coming? That, that, that's, that's fantastic, we have to have the accountability. But it's the shared experience, right? It's that best friend who you had that one summer that you were inseparable. And now, all of a sudden, you've become, you've, you've, you live life, you do life together, right? It's, it's, it really is a, a changing kind of a study. So we've talked a lot about intimacy. I, I know that it's been mentioned in, in the other episodes. Can you touch on that a little bit more? Um, what do you mean by intimacy? Yeah. So um, when rewind the tape, the word intimacy had uh, male, female sexual connotations to me. And I think that... Uh, maybe not nine out of ten, but maybe seven out of ten people that you might talk to or ask, they would have that kind of a, they would say intimacy goes along with intimate wear. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. So that's where they would that's where they would go to it. But when I heard it first explained and broken out to, it is into me, see, intimacy. Now it really is about me making the conscious decision to open myself up and and to allow myself to not judge or to be scared off by or to make fun of when someone else opens themselves up, regardless of what I think about that, because that's real to them. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what intimacy means when I am willing to put myself in a vulnerable position where I could be, where you could see really me, right? Uh, I've heard other people say, oh, you know, I'm really going to go ahead and, and, uh, and get naked on this situation, right? Well, that's just a way of saying I am not going to have any barriers. There's not going to be any facade or covering or avatar that I'm going to use. It's yeah. going to be really me. And that's where the intimacy comes in. And you can't help but have a connection with someone when, when, and, 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 uh, when, when, they're, when they're, that intimacy enters into a relationship or enters into a group. You cannot help but have a connection with someone. And um, uh, whether it is a deep, deep connection or whether it is, it's, it's this understanding that we're both relatively in the same place yeah. and that I'm not alone. Right, uh, and so that's really what what the intimacy in a group really would mean to me. So the third section, <clears throat> so the third section of uh, of freedom, it's actually broken down into three sections, but it t- goes over twelve weeks. The third section is called vessel of honor. And what does that mean to you, and how does that apply to this this section of of freedom? Well, the, the, uh, the sections that you go through, right, in freedom, and, and, and with that section being a vessel of honor, uh, just break it down. You want to be, a vessel is a container, right? It doesn't say a, a jar of honor, uh, uh, a bag full of honor. It, it uses the term vessel because um, it, can, it can be anything that contains something. So being a vessel of honor to me, understanding the freedom journey that I've been on, it's really me being a container for, um, for God to fill because I have given him my thinking, my thought process. I've given him my heart. Uh, I've given him my will. My, you know, body, mind, and spirit. I've given him all of those things to use for his purposes. Now that I've given them, he can fill me, and that's where the vessel piece comes in. He can now fill me and equip me with those aspects that he needs so that I can do his work, his tangible work here on the earth and build the kingdom. Um, so being this vessel is just being a, for me, is being a container uh, and, and being a possessor and ultimately being a steward of the gifts that God has that would work best for me to be able to achieve the goal of, of, of building the kingdom and changing lives. So when we talk about it being freedom is transformation, then being that vessel gives you all of the tools, tools to stay transformed and to continue to transform and to help others to transform. You know, another part of the uh, this section, it talks about uh, being aware of the spiritual realm. And, uh, what, like, I think we were talking, I don't know if this was part of the podcast or something we were doing, talking about pre uh, the podcast or recording today, but how things can kind of creep in and, and, you know, being aware of that. How, how do you stay focused and aware of the spiritual realm on the good and bad, I guess? Sure. Um, you first have to acknowledge that if you can believe in good, there is an evil. And as much as you can believe that the good is so good, you have to acknowledge that the evil is so evil. And the simplicity in that is there's balance. Every, there's always going to be balance, right? Tough with one leg, much easier with two legs, right? 
if we lose our balance, we throw our arms out to the sides so we can kind of catch ourselves. It's about balance. So if we can believe so much that God is so good, we have to believe in balance that there's something that is so evil. There's something so con- there's somebody can be so for us. The answer to the question is who can be against us? No one, but there's a line of people who want to be against us, right? So how do you, how do you stay and be aware of the spiritual realm? After you acknowledge it, then once you know that, you understand that that is really where battles occur that can change who you tangibly are or your actions that you take place. Because it starts with a thought. Mm-hmm. Well, where does that thought just pop into your head from? It comes from us internally, and we're spiritual beings. And where is that being affected, impacted, that are amplified or, uh, or, or, or tarnished in the spiritual realm? It's deep down inside. I've heard it put that you got to know it in your knower, right? You got to know I, it in I your knower. I just know it in my knower, right? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, like I just that. know it in my knower. Um, that is, I just know it so deep because I, I believe it. I understand it. I operate knowing that that's an absolute. And um, that knower, the, 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 the knower part of I know it in my knower, that really is the access of the door to the spiritual realm uh, that, that all of us have an aspect of. All of us have, are influenced by that. And uh, that's what starts to drive our thought life of what's taking place in that spiritual realm because it comes from deep inside. Um, so acknowledging it, understanding that it's always there, it's always part of it, and then recognizing that, okay, I can be an active participant in what takes place there, and uh, I'm cheering on my team who is defending me. I can't physically and tangibly be in that spiritual realm. However, I've got a, repres- I've got a team that's on the field in the spiritual realm. So I'm going to cheer on that team. I'm going to love that team. I'm going to wear the team's jersey. I'm going to, you know, win, <laughs> winning or losing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a homer for my home team. And um, uh, for me, that's how I recognize that. That's how I see it. And that's how I uh, try to stay in tune with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not, you know, we've all heard and seen people that we could say, oh, you know, they over-spiritualize something. Um. I, 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 don't, I don't know if that is always an accurate comment. I think it's more, I don't, I don't see it like they see it. But I don't think you can over-spiritualize something and, and share it. You can over-spiritualize it and then act on it incorrectly. But to be able to share it and openly discuss it with someone else, I don't think you can over-spiritualize it um, um, as long as you're sharing it and connecting with others. Where I think where that where the accusatory aspects of over spiritualizing something comes with almost somebody has denied the, the, the truths of life. Right? It's over spiritualized. God will provide. Well that's a truth and that's an absolute. God will provide. But you have to be an active active participant in it. Right. Right? Yep. Lord, I'm hungry, feed me. Okay, open open your mouth. Lord, yeah. yeah, Lord, help me win the lotto. Okay, just buy a ticket. You got to, you know, you got to have your participation, your part of it. You got to be in it to win it. You got to yeah. be in it to win it. And it's those actions that all of a sudden get the label, well, that, get, that got over-spiritualized. Yeah, you also have to, I mean, what you're talking about is doing your part. I mean, it's just not going to be given to you. There's a reason why we have to do our part as well. Right. And and, and the simplicity of doing our part is we don't appreciate it unless we work for it. We just don't. We, we, we don't assign value to it, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, going through some things with my kids right now, you know, we want to give them everything that we didn't have, but there's a reason why we value it a lot more than, than they do, and that's because, you know, we've had to work for it, and now they're giving it to them. Like, you look back and you sit back, and 
man, uh, do y'all not, you know, well, why are you not taking care of this? You know, why aren't you cleaning your room? You know, why aren't you doing, why, why does everything that you have have holes? I don't know. I don't, I'm just using some examples, but mm-hmm. we were actually going through that with, uh, in the family this, this past two weeks on taking uh, mom and dad for granted because we've given y'all everything. And then now it's like, mm, you, you, you didn't work for it. And, you know, college, mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer of that the kids should pay for at least some of it, you know, if not all of it, because they're not, are, are they holding the value in it? And I don't know, that's some good stuff. Hey, it reminds me of my first car. I, I, my parents helped me to purchase my first car, but they didn't like just buy it for me. So I think because of that, I, I feel like I value vehicles quite a bit. I like to take care of it because like, well, this is my hard earned money. I want to Right. Make sure it lasts. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. I think if I, I think if all of us dealt with uh, a currency that was literally gold in our pockets, I think there'd be some of us who worked hard for that gold who would take the gold out of our pocket and shine it and then put it back in our pocket, or we, you know, we would polish it. <laughs> so but there'd be the others who didn't earn that, didn't work hard for it. They would just take it for granted. That hey, I'm I'm good. I got a pocket full of gold. Well, yeah, but I honor and respect the gold that I have in my pocket because see, I polish it. Man, there is so much in that that statement and where we are in the world today. How some people are just expected to. Well, you know, I want the government to take care of me. I don't know why I'm throwing that out there. But. Well, uh, um, I think you're throwing it out there because it's a great handle to hang on to. That's why you need freedom, because that kind of an attitude of uh, uh, well, mom and dad are going to take care of me. You need to have freedom from that. And it's not that mom and dad aren't going to take care of you, but taking care of you may not come in the form of currency. Mm-hmm. It may not come in the form of a tangible gift. It may come in the form of mom and dad are going to take care of me because they're praying for yeah. me. Right? I, gr- I grew up, like I said earlier, grew up with a praying mom. There are... In my life, I can look back and go, I probably didn't go places. I, I, I was going to go, but I shouldn't have been, and I didn't go there. Or I got out of there bef- before something happened that I would have regretted or that would have left a scar, so to speak, um, because I had a praying mom. So I, I and I was not praying at the time, and I didn't have the thought process. I was all about the uh, the, the tangible, you know. If, if it feels good, gosh, let's go for it. Yeah. If if one is good, eleven is better. That, that's two <laughs> ones, right? Two it's got to be. That's two ones, right? <laughs> Spinal, Spinal Tap the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how I think. Yeah, if one is good, eleven is better because that's two ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we were talking about balance and. Um, you know, vessel of honor. During the vessel of honor question, you were talking about balance, and if there's good, there's got to be bad. And there are quite a few people who believe that you know there's a god, but there's no devil. And one of the things that he he doesn't dress in a red red outfit with a pitchfork. You know, that's that's just kind of like I don't know where that came from. That's man's interpretation. Man's yeah. interpretation. That's man's interpretation of something that it looks scary, right? But why do you think the people? What? Let me let me write this. So why do you think that some people don't believe in the devil? And then, uh, yeah, I guess let's just start there. Um, so it just kind of a it's kind of a raw thought. Um, people can you know that is to say that there's a lot of people who say, oh, I won't acknowledge or don't even believe that there's a devil. But yet, probably most of those people that you ask, they will say, I believe there's a God. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because of their humanness. I believe there's a God. Because look what he did for me. I don't believe there's a devil. Because now I have to take responsibility. See, <laughs> God will do something for me, but when something bad... So it's God who made that good thing happen. But when something bad happens, it's them who did it. They did it. If they hadn't have done it, if she hadn't have done it, if he hadn't have done it, if that hadn't have happened, right? It's never my fault. It's always somebody else's fault. So I don't have to put a label on it to say it's the devil. I can say, no, it's Scott. It's Alan. It's Gabriel. 
it's Bob, it's Sue, it's Jim. That's who did it, right? When the fact of the matter is, that's not the case. I think sometimes we give the enemy too much credit. I think sometimes we, because we stand in our own way, it is us that gets in the way of what God is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And it's us that says, well, you know, it's been five minutes, God, how come it hasn't happened yet? Well, I'm going to go do X, Y, Z to make sure this happens. And then it doesn't work out. And then we go, oh, well, the enemy didn't. No, no, no. You got in his way. That's what happened. He's working in, on his time. It's, it's, an, on, it's always on God's time. It's never, do you realize how messed up everything would be if we just had everything we wanted? If everybody had everything that they wanted at the time that they wanted it? it, it it'd be utter chaos. Yeah. And then it wouldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, we live in a community where there are vehicles driving on the roads that are the prices of some houses in other parts of the country, in other parts of our state, yeah. right? There are people driving around in cars on the highway that they're leasing and that they're barely hanging on to month to month because they want to look a certain way or they want to be perceived a certain way, you know? Um, it is just... Uh, um, we, that's us getting in our own way. That's somebody who's, and it's not a condemnation of having a nice car because it can be, um, it can be uh, other aspects, uh, 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 something tangible, a house, it's a facade is what, it come, what, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it becomes this facade that we hide behind. And it's us getting in the way of what God wants to do for us. It really is. Because there are times that we go, oh, Lord, we just, you know, have your will. Help me through this situation. Oh, that's not what I expected how you to help me. That's really not helping me because you're making me have to change. No, no, no. I just want you to fix it. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, my car's broke, so just fix my car. Right? Uh, 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 I didn't ask for a new job, Lord, so that I could earn more money, have more of a career, and be able to afford a whole new car. I just asked you to fix the car. Mm, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden now we're getting in the way because it's not how we would do it. <laughs> well, just like you're thankful. Could you imagine how messed up we'd be if we had everything we wanted? Yeah. How messed up would we be if we had all the authority that mm. God has? Who? That sounds yeah. amazing. How oh. do I get that? <laughs> that sounds crazy. How do I get me some of that? <laughs> you know, uh, kind of wrapping it up, There's, uh, I got two more questions. But submit, resist, and uh, close any open doors and confront the enemy every day. When you hear that, what does that mean to you? So those were some of the things that, uh, how we take control of the, of, of the situation and let go and get freedom is, and some of the, uh, the I'm uh, trying to remember what he was saying w- about that, but yeah, submit, yeah. resist, close any doors and confront the enemy daily. Sure. And, it's, it, it, and, 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 and so that there's context around that, you, you want to obviously submit to, resist, or to close any open doors. You, it, it's talking in the aspect of submitting yourself to God, submitting yourself to changing, submitting yourself to tramp, right? Or resist those things you have before. Or close, a, close an open door that is allowing you to justify you resisting something mm. right mm. so uh, 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 I'm wet I'm soaked I'm now shivering and I'm on my way to becoming sick close the valve and the water will stop coming in right and then once that starts to happen your body starts to warm back up and once that starts to happen you start to feel a little bit better and now you can deal with what you've got around you so that is what, what that means to me is that is kind of the um Stop, drop, and roll kind of an aspect of back in the day, right? If there's a fire, stop, drop, and roll, right? That is the quick formula uh, of how to to, um, confront the enemy because that's the, that's the, the second piece of that and confront the enemy every day. Don't think that they're not gonna, that they're not planning against you every day. Right. Right? So... Stop, drop, and roll, and use that in all occasions, right? Well, uh, go ahead and close those open doors. Resist when you need to resist. Submit 
when you should be submitting and do that in every aspect of your life every day. And not only will you be a better person, but you will also be confronting the enemy every single day because he is trying to get you to submit to something that you shouldn't be submitting to. He's trying to get you to accept something you should be resisting. And he's flooding you with funk and junk through open doors that you're not closing. Ah, so how can you attack it if, uh, if it just continues to flow in? You can't uh, clear it out because <laughs> all I can think about is a, a boat taking on water. It's got yeah. a hole. If you don't have plug that hole and you're throwing water out, you're just going to continue to throw the water right. out. But yet we run around going, everything's getting wet. <laughs> Thanks for the status update. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pre- appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You know, appreciate that. Now let's start plugging the hole because that will address everything. Do you think that freedom, in your opinion, do you think freedom is, is a way to find out those holes that need to be plugged, the doors that need to be closed? Absol- absolutely. And, and there were holes that had to be plugged, doors that need to be closed, aspects that I had to resist, and areas in my life I had to submit. And this has happened over the journey that I've been through with freedom. And it's not an aspect of, oh, I thought you were all good because you were this church-going guy or because you were involved in this or because you've been at a place for so long. No, 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 no. That's not it at all. Um, there's always stuff you've got to deal with because the longer you live life, the more stuff you have on you and the quicker you start to shove it down deeper and deeper, right? All of us have been uh, alive. All of us that are in this, in this room right now have been alive plus 30 years. Some of us plus 40 years. Some of us plus more years than that, okay? We have gotten really good at being able to explain something away or to justify something or to add something into our humor, Right? Part of, you know, part of my humor, part of a, an icebreaker, part of a, uh, of a way just to lighten an, an attitude is, is me talking about my ethnicity or me being Mexican or because I don't speak Spanish, I'm the lousiest Mexican you'll ever meet. And, you know, oh, you get a laugh. Ha, ha. Mm-hmm. You get this. Where mm-hmm. does that come from in Scott? That comes from a hurt and a wound that was generational because I use it as humor. It's the reason my mom and dad moved out of South Texas and never went back because of a hurt that I've turned into a humor, but it's still a hurt for me. And I didn't even know it hurt because I stuffed it down so deep because, eh, you know, it lights up the mood. Yeah. Yeah. It lightens up the mood. It makes connection. It gets a little laughter going. And now, you know, you kind of keep the ball rolling at what, at my own expense, at me hearing that yet again. Right. And whose words do I believe more than anyone else's my own? Yeah. Right? I mean, I've talked myself into things I knew I shouldn't have done. But, hey, Scott said it's a good idea. Right? That's me talking to myself uh, and, and getting me into things I shouldn't have gotten into. So now I'm feeding myself that stuff. Right? And what am I doing for others around me? So it's, uh, well, you know, we, went down a whole, a whole, <laughs> we, went, we went down a whole trail there. Yeah. Well, uh, we're about to wrap up. We are sitting in an hour. And uh, just a question for you. You've led, you've co-led, and you've been a part of uh, Freedom Classes. What have you seen that works? And we're talking to people who are uh, outside of our church, and hopefully they are hearing this and going, you know what, let's, let's bring freedom into our, into our uh, organization, our church. What would you say that you've seen that works in maybe or something that you'd be cautious of, of including into Freedom? Yeah. Um, so part of the things... Uh, I first I'll start off with the other things that I'd be cautious about, you know, bringing into freedom is uh, going outside of the structure of the process. Right. Mm -hmm. Going, oh, this is really good. And I'm now going to add my stuff to it because I'm going to make it better. Then ultimately, that's you making it your own. And then that's ultimately you diluting the power of the simplicity of freedom. Mm, that's right? good. Okay, so that's the thing I would say don't bring into it. Let it do it, right? Don't use the hammer to try to drive in a screw. You need a <laughs> screwdriver for that, right? You can get it done with a hammer, but it's going to be kind of messy, 
And ultimately, it mm. won't be neither device, uh, neither aspect in the screw and the hammer analogy is fulfilling its purpose. Let freedom fulfill its purpose by not trying to add to it or say, I like that, but I don't like that. So let's just pull that out. Copy. Um, what, I, what I would say is a positive as an aspect is a great takeaway from it that you need to bring to it, right, that you, that you need is um, the time commitment. Um, because I think that's where most people will stumble. Oh, I just don't have the time. Um, watch how God works and opens up your schedule. Nice. Right? Mm-hmm. Watch how God works. Once you commit and say, I want this, I think there's this not, I, I just see this Jesus with this huge smile, you know, and going, I'm going to make a way to make that happen. All of a sudden, that tire that was always going low doesn't go low. All of a sudden, that call that's going to take place at 5 o'clock and cause you to be there for an hour, hour longer than you anticipated doesn't take place. Or that one hour turns into five minutes. Or it's like, no, 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 let's have that talk in the morning because we're, we don't need to do it tonight. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always something. It's there, and there's always going to be something. And it might not be that you might not get that call that says, you got to go ahead and be here two hours longer. We've got this special project but you'll be more equipped to get that two-hour thing knocked out in 30 minutes, right? You'll have the answer. You won't need six drafts. You'll have it on the first, at the first swing. Yeah, watch what God will do once you commit. So, Amen. yeah, time is going to be yeah. the biggest deal. Yeah, you know that hour-long phone call only took five minutes. I'm going to go get my tire fixed. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get my tire fixed, and then I'm going to make it to my freedom group. Boom. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, once that starts to happen and you start connecting with the other men and women uh, in your group um, you find yourself looking forward to it because you're going to a place and it's you know freedom groups sometimes refer to themselves as, oh this is a safe place you can share it's more than a safe place it's a friendly place it's a yeah. familiar place it's an it's a, uh, a, a, a for, uh, there's a lot of forgiveness that takes place uh, uh, in a group like that, you'll find yourself run into it. Man, that's some good information. Thanks, Scott, yeah, for bringing you. you bringing that knowledge that you have inside that brain of yours. It's uh, always some good stuff going on. <laughs> I hope it did good for you guys. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Uh, I like the screw and the hammer yeah. analogy. I never thought about it. Yeah, it does, <laughs> you mentioned, it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't yeah, work yeah, very well. Yeah, but neither one is in, in its in its purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, so next week we have uh, a little special for you. Uh, as we wind down season two, we have uh, a couple of females on. Since we do have some females listeners, we want yeah. to kind of give a little bit. Uh, uh, hear from their side. Yeah, let's hear from their side. Because we, we, I mean, we, we, us guys, we have our own thought process. And I think for the most part, guys, we all kind of, I don't want to say we all think the same, but. We're all kind of on the same the same path. We we're all men. Kind of, we're men. We all see things <laughs> yeah. this way and not that way. Well, you know, it's fruits and vegetables. They both provide health. Yes. But you have to have a balance of both. Yes. And too much of one won't get you there. Not like you want to be there. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. They're the we're we're, we're the veggies. Sometimes we're not so good tasting, but uh, <laughs> and and the ladies are always the, they're always sweet. They're always sweet. They're the yummy yeah. fruit. They're always sweet. Yeah. So we have Carrie Cooper and uh, Janelle Black on next week and bringing a little bit of what they bring to the table and uh, got, kind of giving us a break as well as we prepare for season three. Three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's going along, guys. Going along. So uh, one of our traditions here is uh, our guest praying us out. So, Scott, if you would uh, so bless us with that. It would be my pleasure. Uh, Father God, first I just praise you and thank you for, for the opportunity to share with, uh, with Scott and with Alan and with Gabriel to be part of this. Father, continue to bless all of their efforts. Uh, bless this, this broadcast. Bless everyone who has been able to listen to this, not for any glory for any of us, but for the ability for God to work in their lives and yet just another tool that he has, another medium that he has to be able to reach the world and to change lives. Father, thank you for using us uh, to be a small part of that. Uh, Father, continue to have your hand on us. Continue to have it on Scott and on Alan and on Gabriel and on the work that they're doing, Father God. Help them to prosper in it. Help them to make an impact in it, Father God, and draw more people to this podcast so they can continue 
to hear your word, your thoughts, and understand just how much you love them. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yes. Right on. Strikers, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.